Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Achtung, achtung, welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray and James Holland. Um, how are you, Jim? Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, m- m- more to the point, how are you? I mean, <laughs> you're still sounding a little bit hoarse. You've just done Edinburgh. Yes, um, the fringe. You didn't great get cancelled, which is great. And, and presumably you had a lovely time. I didn't get cancelled. Although, interestingly, I ran into another comic who, um, a few years ago, he had some he had some trouble um, uh, of the kind of, um, you know, people. there were some people who objected to his material. Um, right. And uh, he had a sort of push push at him from people, and that that he gamely repulsed. And uh, I ran into him. At, I mean, this, trust me, this is going somewhere. Yeah. I ran into him at, um, at Waverley Station because he was picking his family. He was meeting his family for the last weekend, coming off the train, and so was I. And um, I said, "Oh, big fan of your work." I won't say who he is because I don't want to. I don't want to sort of um, uh, uh, cause him any sort of uh, aggro but basically I said you know I'm big because big I am a big fan of his work and he's carved out a really good space for himself to talk about things the way he wants to and all that and he's not he's not in danger of cancellation and all that sort of stuff and he said he said you like the second world war don't you I said yeah I do actually yes that that is <laughs> funny you mention yes, it yes um, yes I do and he said uh, you've you've seen that Band of Brothers episode where they talk about the way to deal with the dangerous to decide that you're already dead right and I said, "Yeah, of course, it's the one with Mark Warren in, and he's injured at the end, and all that. And he can't, he can't get his, can't get his, can't get himself together, and all that." He said, "Well, that's how, I, yeah." He said, "That's how I feel about um, being cancelled. Is I've, I've regard myself. I've already been cancelled. I'm already dead." He said, and he's, <laughs> and he's used Band of Brothers to inform his attitude <laughs> to the question of the question of the. Problem of being, you know, being told he can't say what he wants. And that's a that's really, really quite funny. dramatic, isn't it? I know, I know. But it's just sort of such a funny way of using the using the life lessons of the Second World War. You see, it's useful for everybody being it interested is. in this. Well, I, I mean, every time I think about it, I just go back to that conversation we had with Robert Harris, and uh, yeah. and when he said, when people say to me, "Why are you so obsessed with the Second World War?" My answer is always, "Why aren't you?" Well, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. But anyway, that was so. That was a that was one of those things. Oh right, this subject's popped up in an unexpected way, yeah, and no, then that's very good. and then on I don't know Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday night in the front in my front row, who of course um, uh, are an integral part of the evening's entertainment. There was a woman who was doing a show about Vera Atkins and Noreen Khan. She'd written she'd written a two hander. It's her and another actor, and they were doing they were do- I didn't get I didn't get to see it, and there was something about pigeons on D Day that I got sent. Yes. I got sent. I got sent. Um, the uh, poster for the, the flyer and an invite too late to be able to go, um, which is Hot which dang. is quite annoying because I would have loved to have seen that and the, I would have loved to have seen the Vera Atkins thing as well because yeah. you know her story is I think basically unbelievable. I mean you know like the, 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 those people who are who have those strange mundane English names but are in fact. From Romanian. from Europe and all, um, yeah. and we don't. Well, you she's know, Romanian, isn't she? I think yeah, exactly. Or exactly. Or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, anyway. Vera Atkins, uh, Life and Secrets, um, Vera Atkins and the, you know, the Lost Women of SOE or whatever it is by Sarah oh. Helm is just such a brilliant, brilliant book. Yeah. It, yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. I love the way it was written, the style of it, everything yeah. about it. The research is just impeccable. Those stories One of my favourite books of, of the second those of stories of the yeah, a completely boggling, aren't they? Anyway, so so the Edinburgh Fringe was not without Second World War um, uh, uh, occurrences. Put it well, that how, way. How how reassuring is that? I mean, that's just brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, you know, I wanted to infiltrate everywhere. I really. <laughs> and then you and then you had the sleeper on the way back, which I yeah, think I got- is. I mean, that's a nod to kind of the experience of the Second World War, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Smuggled you out know, in the sleeper train, train, troop yeah, train yeah, going yeah. down. You know, stopping yeah, abso- every two minutes. Absolutely. Somewhere outside. Absolutely, and a, and a crew. cot that a cot that's too small, and yes. and uh, waking up too hot. You know, all that sort of thing. It was uh, yeah. The sleep. I don't, some people will have taken the the, the Cali. Um, it, it's um, you you just have to you just have to accept that you're not going to um, Istanbul. 
you just have to it's, you're yeah, not on yeah, the orient yeah, express yeah, yeah. it's not the orient express yeah yeah and i'd watched murder on the orient express that afternoon it's a sort of because it was cause, <laughs> just get you in the mood well because it was on and i thought oh, oh i'll I watch see. that <laughs> what the one with kenneth Branagh? or the no Beatles the, the, the old the albert finney one the old one the, albert the, finney, the, yes yes I, that, you know which I, got, I thought that was great it's got which has got, got ingmar so bergman many... in it but people like that it's extraordinary it's extraordinary no ingmar bergman okay i think that's it it's got is Ingrid it, Bergman in it. No, is it Ingrid Bergman? I don't know, anyway. You know, as in it's, Casablanca. Yeah, and it's Sean Connery and all sorts of people. Now, um, uh, what are you? What have you been What have you been up to? Because I've been, you know, I've been treading the boards and uh, uh, acquiring the laughter and adulation of strangers. What have you been up to? Well, one of the things I've been doing, obviously, is is getting the uh, the, the, the new Bedford um, uh, MW in, in yep. order. Yep. Um, so that is now very resplendent with its uh, Sherwood Rangers Yeomanry livery, um, and I'm very Excellent. happy about that. Lovely. So I've been doing that. I've also great excitement. We've got the Chalk Valley Cricket Week this week. So oh, tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow Thursday, which I think is the day this is going out, yep. is is Chalk Valley Cricket Club versus the Independent Company oh. Eleven, captained by Dominic Suave, who is Finally. you know we always known him as Captain Suave, and now he actually yeah. is that Captain Suave. So Excellent. So Finally, so the epic, coming down. The epic match that um, uh, nobody demanded. That's fantastic. Well, the exciting thing is we've got some awards. So we've got, you know, we've got an award for batting bowling. We've also got the winner trophy, which is the Field Marshal Sir Harold Alexander Shield. <laughs> and then on top of that, we've got yes. an award, the Montgomery Award for Sportsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just sort of—I just don't know whether you invert that. I think, I think, I think you—you you, for the person um, who's got the best sledge or something. It's yeah, really I think, funny. I think, yes, exactly. I think you present that with a ladle of irony. It comes with, don't you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, on the so, 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 so the Bedford is, is it in SRY markings now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, because it's got the Fox's head of eight armor brigade. It's got nine nine six. It's 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 because on the subject, it looks transformed. It looks cool. on that subject. Um, yes. You know, there's this uh, uh, build going on. Well, yes. Yeah, so, so, so explain all about this because I sort of feel like kind of got in on the fag end of this on um, on 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 Twitter. So, at the at we have Waste Fest. There was this magnificent board full of very yeah. very tiny. Yeah, Sherwood Ranger tanks yeah. and war gaming, and war gaming size. So um, yeah, yeah, Titch. you know, I've 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 got the Avery, um, I've got an Avery there in the literally yeah, in okay. the palm, and of it my literally hand. fits in the palm of your hand. Yeah, so okay, but um, now someone well, the, there was the there was got a bit bigger. Well, there was idle drunk talk at Warfest. We have Waste Fest, wasn't there? That's what there was. There was uh, idle drunk. A vainglorious talk at We Have yeah. Waste Fest. Why don't we do this in one thirty fifth scale, which is the sort of you know standard. The, the standard scale. It's, it's so your preferred scale, isn't it? My preferred scale in which to work, yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Simon um, at Red 5 Models and I discussed this uh, as like a sort of, what a stupid thing to do that would be, you know. Only a, only a, fool, would, only a fool would do that. Crazy. And then I, I was, where was I? I was in, um, I can't remember which one. I was in a Dorking Models and I impulsively <laughs> bought... <laughs> Impulsively bought. Um, How many uh, model uh, shops do you think you've been to around the UK? Oh, not that many. Oh, not that many because there aren't that many. And I haven't. I still haven't been to the one. You've got a really good one in Salisbury. Well, I. This and they is know it. you. I'll, I'll get to it um, when we play Salisbury. Next but, time um, you're down. There's, there's northeast northeastern models, which um, Simon, because it's Simon who's really been dry, and he ran the kit, the last kit off we did and everything. Simon who's sort of who's who's my my go to uh, uh, scale models guru. Although there are plenty of other brilliant people like Chris Beddings and all sorts of others out there. I don't want to, and now I'm going to get to that situation where I haven't name checked someone and they're going to be mortally offended anyway. Um, uh, well, we're all robust people who listen to this podcast, but basically exactly. we. But Simon's um, our man, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's taken this thing on because yeah. he ran the he ran the thing. And he's in, a lovely in, fella in the war gaming scale, and um, I had a nice chat to him at Warfest. Yeah, and so I said, "Well, let's do it then." So there's been a so what we're going to try and do, and yesterday on uh, uh, yesterday uh, uh, Tuesday on Twitter, he sort of he laid out what our policy is because unfortunately. You know, everyone wants to make a killer, basically. Yeah, he gets a killer. He's back up. Well, so what we've decided is everyone has to make a generic SRY Sherman. Or, and there are obviously some Fireflies up for grabs. And there's some Stuarts. And if we're doing D-Day strength, strictly speaking, there's four Averys at their disposal. And there's a staff car. And there's, you know, if when you look at the whole and thing. And BMWs. 
Yeah, exactly. And half track. So, so what's going to happen is, is in the end, mm. names and serial numbers are going to be allocated. So what you do is you build your Sherman um, and you can put your own stowage on and build it your way, but it's got to have the um, 996 and the SRY um, uh Fox's head on it, or the Eighth Armored Brigade Fox's head on it, and maybe the little thirty-ton badge for bridging purposes. You know, to to so you let the sappers know you're not going to break their bridge when you go over it. Blah blah blah. But we're not doing names yet because because otherwise everyone will everyone will make a killer, obviously. Because that's no, or, yes. or Aberdeen, the one in the the famous one in the photo of the or landing. Robin Hood or Frightened. Or Robin Hood, exactly. So there's going to be so there's going to be base and also what you can after all do, because it's the it's the inventory numbers that are the tricky thing, the T number mm. that they all have. Yeah. Um that they all have to start with, and then you see later photos and 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 clearly it's tanks that are replacements or whatever. They're less fastidious about the T numbers, but also you can, you can, you can make sure the T number is rendered, rendered invisible by stowage or by, um, yes. uh, I have you know, a list of SRY T numbers. Yeah. But not the whole thing, but not the but whole thing. This is the I've, pro- got, I've got a list of known, of known, of known stuff. And this is the problem. The no, and it's the known knowns and the unknown unknowns and all that. That's the problem with yes. this. So the idea is to depict regimental strength, say, you know, say D Day ish. Yes. Obviously, we can't do all the, you know, to get it exactly right because there isn't a moment. The interesting thing is, there isn't a moment, is there? Where well, I did see that, and I, I was about to wade in and ask something, but I wouldn't because the, because the guideline I've got in the book of, of an armoured regiment at the back yeah. of Brothers in Arms isn't one hundred percent accurate. It's, it's, no. a, it's like a, it's like a. This is a. It's a rule of thumb. Paper. It's a- it's this is an on paper kind of yeah, on paper rule of thumb strength, and that's what we're going to go for. Because there's even some grants in there. Because after all, you have people uh, toddling about in, gla- in grants, don't you? Because there aren't Shermans ready yet. So, so yeah, but uh, not in the Sherwood Rangers. They, they no, by D Day, they certainly have. Yeah, we're no, doing uh, Northwest Europe, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's the idea. But the point is, the point is to sort of represent so that when you've got it out in front of you, you've got a whole because it, it looked amazing in the tiny scale yeah. and took up a great deal of space. And the so idea what are we going to do with it? We're going to have it at next year's Warfest? It'll be at next year's We Have Ways Fest and, uh, uh, and people can go, blimey, is that an entire tank regiment? And you'll get the sense well, of Well, maybe we should do a little Sherwood Rangers number then around it, get some stuff down. I think we probably should, yeah. But, 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 but I've built two already. I've built have Firefly... You? A firefly and a yeah 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 yeah. I've built firefly and a, and the oh. and the you know the standard because the interesting thing is the bog standard Sherman's quite hard to make because there there's a kit by Asuka which is quite expensive, but then there's also you could modify the bog standard Tamiya Sherman. So we don't want it. Thing is, we don't want anyone to break the bank doing this. So the modified Tamiya Sherman is okay, and we're going to figure out a way to do the storage the radio storage or the storage boxes. We're going to figure out a way to do that. For the turrets, because they all the British all have that storage box on the back of the turret, which of course famously with the Firefly, they punch through the turret and put the radio in there. But um, we, we're going to we're going to find a way of three D printing those and the little fire extinguishers that British tanks tended to carry, um, so that people are you know so their models are more accurate. Simon and Simon is trying to figure out that, and I'm going to figure out how. I we, need to get onto the show of the, Facebook page and let them know about all this. Yeah, and the decals. The other thing is, we need to find a way of maybe printing a load of decals so people can get those rather than um, yes. having to source them because because you can get them. Right, but you've got to know, you've got to know where to find them, and then you end up buying. Basically, if you buy the Eighth Armored Brigade thing, you end up buying. I, I think I can't remember. It's, it's all the arm, independent armored brigades that this that Star Decals do, and basically you end up with you end up with loads just to get your hands on two, and there needs to be a yeah, web, yeah, yeah. Well, web. we can, we should we surely we can get those stuff made. I mean, well, I think I off. think getting that printed isn't too difficult. No, um, but we'll but we'll there are people who know, and um, there's there's um, well, that, who can help. But but well, it's about and, and, and just shout if you need any help from yeah. me. Well, it's three D printing the boxes we've got to do. So we, I, I might I might finally come and buy that three D printer. I said I, I wasn't going to buy, but um, anyway. Well, but that's the <laughs> that's the state of play with that um, harebrained venture that I I can't. I mean, I actually can't wait to see it. No, it's going to be amazing. Laid out, and, yeah. and I've got. I've got I got myself a Stuart as well to make, and um and I got a Bedford somewhere and the new Airfix ambulance has you come. You still half very They had a lot of half tracks. They, were really yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and white scout cars. Yeah, yeah. You see, there's tons to do. Anyway, anyway, um, so How exciting. So, yes, it is. It's so exciting and also like 
Um, the, the, the sort of a more harebrained end of this podcast, uh, the things it can throw up. But you're you're um, heading towards casino, aren't you? Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm full on. So I'm actually I am doing from the invasion to the fall of Rome. So I'm I, because uh, right. basically, and I'll tell you for why. Because I've done the last year of the war in Italy, yeah, and I've done Sicily, so it's the missing bit, and also it's really the the bit that no one knows about the non casino yeah. bit is yeah. really interesting. So you know, here we're talking about fighting up the Adriatic, yeah. the tow, yeah. weird airborne operations. Yeah. I mean, commandos were on Operation Avalanche, for example. Yes, yeah, and the yeah, Rangers, yeah. yeah, landing north of of Salerno, yeah. As it goes down to kind of sort of, you know, around the Amalfi Coast, that's where yeah. they were. Yeah. Um, then you've got, you know, the capture of the Foggia Airfields. You've got establishment yeah. of the 15th Air Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some really, really juicy stuff. But Avalanche is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing because, you know, when we were talking about Sicily and stuff, we were talking about Mont- Montgomery got, got, got criticised for being overly cautious and front-loading yeah. and all the rest of it. And I was yeah. arguing, and I hope arguing convincingly, that actually it was completely the right way to go because yeah. you, don't want, you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be at home to Mr. Cock-up. No. You know, you want, you, no. you, if you're going to launch an amphibious invasion, you need yeah. to make sure it's going to work. Yeah. No such assurances for Avalanche. Really? Where they attack with um, only three divisions up front, and two in follow-up, oh, that's five. Yeah. And then creeping their way up the toe very slowly because it's very difficult terrain through which to go and they've got to contact, go through yeah. mined bridges and yeah. mines and booby traps and yeah. all the rest of it. Um, two divisions from 8th Army at this stage. So we're talking about September 1943, following yeah, yeah. the end of Sicily and the surrender on the 8th of, of the Italians on the 8th. How many German divisions do you think they're facing? Oh, well, I don't know. Eight. Not not very many. Well, is it not very many or is it? Is it- it's eight. Right. Eight German divisions. How many German divisions are there in Sicily when they land? Two. Right. And that's so, considered still quite risky. So why why then has this calculus of risk been um, uh, inverted? What, what, what is it? Well, this goes to- back to, if, I mean, this is, this is grand is it, strategy. Well, 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 can I, before we get, before you answer my question, can I say, is it because you're running out of time? It's September, the weather's about to change. Things are about to, things are about to, you, your, your opportunities to do this are about to, to vanish. Because, you know, the, equino- the equinox isn't far off. And the and the the weather's going to go to shit. So you you need to get it done. Is that that must be driving it? it it's partly driving it, right? But it's but the main reason it's driving it is our old friend shipping, right? Okay. So what happens is they have the Trident Conference in May. Yeah. So there's 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 the Casablanca Conference in January 1943, and then there yeah, is yeah. a Trident Conference in 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 May. Yeah. And at that one, the Americans are like, we were completely caught short with our trousers down at, at Casablanca. Yeah. We got completely outmaneuvered. We're never making that mistake again. Right, yeah. But we've all recognised that, that, that Sicily's happening in a couple yeah. of months. Yeah. Um, you know, we've won in North Africa now. Um, and we do need to think of the future. We need to think of kind of future planning. What are we going to do? You know, um, Overlord, as it's now gets termed in May yeah. 1943, is going to be happening in May 1944, and that is the right. kind of point of kind of no return. Yeah. There can be no – that is the fixed point. Yeah. But there are also plans, of course, for, for you know, operations in, in the Pacific. Yeah. And there is the outflanking operation on onto the island of Akiab. Yeah. You know, off the coast of the Arakan. Yes, Which yeah, is yeah. going to be an amphibious operation, all yeah. of which requires shipping. Yeah. So let's keep our let, – let's see what happens because – because we recognise that we need to do something, a follow-up in the Mediterranean, because we've now got vast forces here. Yeah. Um, and what are we going to do between now and, and May the following year? But at the same time, in May 1943, we don't know quite how it's all going to pan out with Operation Husky, the invasion of Sicily. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it might be that we do an invasion of Sardinia and we do an invasion of Corsica. Yeah. It might be that we go into, into mainland Italy. Yeah. But let's just see how it all pans out. Churchill, even at this point, is like, "No, we need to go to Italy. Forget, forget Sardinia, forget yeah. Corsica. You know, this is a, this is a, a sideline strategical gain. You know, what you want to do is get to Rome. 
that yeah. you know we're, we're really properly invade mainland Europe, get a toehold yeah. in mainland Europe, and get a major capital. And the political, absolutely make the political sure. effect, the political effect, the strategic political effect of that is surely you not you you knock Italy out. You know, the, the, yes, because of course Italy's not knocked out in May nineteen forty yeah. forty three. Yeah. You know, yeah. Tusky's yet happened. Mussolini yeah. hasn't been overthrown as he is on yeah. the 25th of July, 1943, you know, two weeks into, into Husky. Um, so this is all to come. So it's all speculation. And, and Churchill is pushing for a much more kind of, we know we're, you know, assuming we're going to win in Sicily, I really think we should go for, for, for Italy. And I was like, well, the Americans are like, sort of, okay, but you can only use what we allocate to you now. And that is going to be half of what's available for Husky. Because it's needed elsewhere, right? Okay. The judge goes, okay, whatever. And then during the first, <laughs> you know, for, in June and and the first very first part of July, Mark Clark, who is you know building Fifth Army, is preparing Operation Brimstone. Yes. Which is the invasion of Sardinia, and you know, in the back of the mind is that let's do kind of ancillary planning. You know, we'll we'll call it avalanche. Yeah. You know, because yeah. what what we really want want to do is just sort of slog up the toe. Let's, yeah. If we're going to go in, let's go a little bit higher. So let's yeah. aim for the kind of Naples area. Yeah, yeah. And I promise you, when you look on a map, you can see Naples is actually quite a long way from Sicily. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's not just an inch across the across the no. sea. No. You know, it's not get on the toe and just go turn the corner. No. You know, it's quite a long way. It's almost up at the knee rather than at the shin. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's certainly certainly what you're not doing is a short hop. You're you're you you know it's um. From uh, from well, from where the bulk of the American strength in uh, Sicily is, you, it's it's 150 miles, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. it's a it's a long way. Yeah. And these these big distances are, um, make things just that much more complicated, don't they? Particularly yeah. the business of surprise, which is after yeah. all, you know, when you're when you're trying to stage a thing like this, you want to surprise the other side, don't you? Rather yeah. than rather than be seen coming from 150 miles away. Basically. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. So on the 22nd of July, Eisenhower has a big senior commanders conference. Yeah. You know, so now Husky is 12 days in and obviously yeah. it's been a success. It's going to, they're, they're going to win, you know, it might take till, you know, the middle, middle of August, but, yeah. but they're going to win. So they're starting to really up, up the plans. And again, they're kind of still completely hedging their bets. Yeah. And what they also agree at Trident, which is the Washington conference in May, 1943, is they agree that ultimately it's going to be Eisenhower who's going to advise them on what he thinks is right. the best decision to do. Right. So obviously, furious lobbying going from from Churchill. Yeah. You know, it would be remiss of me if I were not to point out that, you know, the huge yeah. advantage of getting whereas yeah. to go into Sardinia would be et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Really, yeah. really pushing it. Really pushing it. And it's absolutely clear as the summer progresses that the Americans are really worried about. Italy kind of sucking up vast amounts of men and material and resources that they don't have. So what they're up for, they 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 come around to the thinking of yes, mainland Italy would be better. So there's another kind of planning conference at the end of July when when um, Churchill and Brooke come over to Algiers, and they all sit down and talk with Eisenhower and Alec and you know all the senior commanders and and, and Clark and and so on and, and Juro. Say okay, well, listen. This is what we're gonna, you know, wh wh how's it all shaping? And again, Churchill lobbies incredibly hard for, for, for mainland Italy, but so does Tedder, because Tedder says Sardinia is just that little bit too far. It's just too far. And what we can do is we can get, and, and he says, really, to be honest, even Naples is a bit too far. Now we can counteract that by getting airfields really quickly in the toe of Italy, yeah. um, and uh, and there's a place that uh, it's called. Um, Cortona, uh, I think it's right yeah. in the in the in the kind of arch in the kind of arch of the foot of the boot of of the boot of um, of Italy. It's quite close to Toronto. Yes, and he um, says, you know, we can get escort carriers up and extra, and we can get two fleet carriers up to support it, um, which is now going to be called Operation Avalanche. And it's kind of where do you land, you know, because north of Naples is better in terms of beaches and and lack of mountains, but South of Naples, around Salerno, you've got fantastic beaches, but you've got this high ground overlooking the beaches. So it's can you achieve tactical surprise? Then it becomes clear in 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 the middle of August that the that the Italians are up for surrendering, 
And part of the surrender negotiations is that the Italians are going to come over as co-belligerents yeah. onto the Allied side because they recognize that, that with Avalanche, they're not going to have enough troops and enough shipping to do it properly to face off potentially decent numbers of German divisions. I mean, this so is all... Part- so this part of the calculated high... risk is that the Italians are going to are going to help the whole process. But this is all very high risk, though, and and it's and, unbelievably and, high and, risk. And, and that's that's quite a calculation, given. I mean, you know, and this isn't to descend into, um, uh, given how, you know, it, it, you don't want to descend into flaky Italian stuff um, that, that that some people might resort to to explain this. But you do have a you do have a what guarantees really can this that can the Italian back channel Offer the Allies actually absolutely none whatsoever. Well, well, there you are. You see, so this is this. I mean, I think this is very interesting because you know we talked. It's, 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 it's not just interesting; it's absolutely astonishing. Well, 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 yes, but this falls into a this falls into kind of a pattern, doesn't it? Is that we talked we talked about Greece in the last couple of weeks, didn't we? And the sort of wishful thinking that 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 goes on as to what we can get, what the Greeks will do, surely for their own good. To, to help us out. And of course, Greek, Greeks have their own internal divisions and their own intentions and their own, their own things, politics that they have to satisfy and, and that are, are ever changing. It's the idea, there does seem to be this streak of allied kind of, you know, it'll, it'll all be all right. You know, they'll, this, do you know what I mean? Well, I it think, just, I think it's because they've as, had this, they've had this overwhelm. They're having this very, very, they, they've had North Africa, which is a huge victory. Yeah. Yeah. They dominate the Mediterranean. Yeah. Massive tick. Yeah. They're winning in, in Sicily. Yeah. Mussolini's been overthrown. Okay. Momentum is with them. And momentum right, is a powerful force, right? Now, Jim, Jim, go forward a year. Falaise, the Battle of Falaise has, has um, been a colossal triumph for the Allies. Yeah. Paris has fallen. You're swanning to Belgium in, in short order. There's been an atas- assassination attempt on Hitler. The war's going to end any minute. It's the same, same vibe. The, the, I, I think it is, but I think it, I think it's more complex than that because but I you think can what's see, happening you can, here, but you what's can happening see why, here is, is why is, people are susceptible to this. Though yeah, totally. you can completely see why yeah. you might end up thinking, "Well, we how how can the and it's this thing we've talked about again and again over the years. It's like, um, how can the Germans not take that as a message that they've lost what's happened in North Africa that they can't win." And how can the writing not be plainly on the wall? We can see it. We, in fact, we wrote it on the wall for them. How can they not see it? Is is, is the is surely the view in the allied in the allied camp? But 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 there is also some some politicking going on. Yeah, because it's nineteen forty three. It's the summer of nineteen forty three, and suddenly the, the the war is truly global. Yeah, and the Pacific War, although Ger- it might be Germany first, it's it's it's. It's Japan second, as far as the Americans are concerned, by not very much. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I'm not talking in terms of manpower, which because obviously you know you don't it doesn't require a huge. There's a limit to how many it's men you can of, fit onto in terms an of, apple. In terms in of ter- effort, in terms, in terms of, of spending, effort, material effort, spending, cost, and shipping. Yeah. So suddenly you've got this. What this is a global war, where you're operating in remote atolls in the Pacific. You're you're operating in far and away, out of the way places. You are having to cross vast oceans to do literally anything, whether it's crossing the Atlantic or whether it's crossing the Pacific. And suddenly the number one, it's, it's like this huge realization that this huge global effort to wid- rid the world of Imperial Japan and the Axis powers of, of you know, particularly Nazi Germany, et cetera, et cetera, is just requiring more ships than can be churned out. And by the middle of 1943, all landing craft that are produced in the US is going to the Pacific, with the exception of a few LSTs. So landing ships, not necessarily, but landing craft. Let's hold that thought. Um, I will take a very brief break, and we'll be back in a second. With oh, because on that bombshell, in fact, um, we'll yeah, see you in absolutely. a moment. See you in a minute.
I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. It was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray, and James Holland. Of course. Um, well, we left you on a we left you on a uh, uh, on a landing craft cliffhanger there, didn't we, ladies and gentlemen? Um, well, we it, we absolutely did. And in the middle of that, R Rachel has just come in and said, "Oh, uh, I, I thought you weren't on till 10. And I went, "We are on at ten. It's now ten thirty-four." She's a little bit of a lion this morning. Our time I'm quite right, too. She's when, when it. had a good um, line. Um, well, I mean, just yeah. I mean, a simple illustration of this idea of. Japan second, but only by a whisker. Two biggest spending projects of the Second World War. Yes, <laughs> atomic bomb. Atomic bomb, which is after all might might get used anywhere, right? Yep. But the atomic bomb and the B twenty nine. So uh, uh, and the B twenty nine is 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 built purely with uh, gigantic distance and interdicting uh, in, in Japan in mind. Yep. It's uh, not it, uh, absolutely so. so there is this realization that, that that yes, we're winning. We're, we're you know we allies are winning the material war hands down, but we're also unbelievably stretched. Yeah, and yeah. we're not only doing that; we're also sending supplies to the Soviet Union, which requires ships. So everywhere you look, it's just shipping, 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 and huge demands on it. And this is this is one of the reasons why, of course, you know stuff can't you can't just divert ships to Bengal, for example, which is in the middle of this, this horrific. Flooding, particularly when you've got plenty of food elsewhere in India, you know, because everything's been allocated, everything's been like this. You know, where does this extra shipping come from in the middle of a of, of a sort of you know of a global war? And and it's and it's the demands of that shipping are just gargantuan, and the absolute priority in Europe by the summer of 1943 is Operation Overlord. So, from the American point of view, it's Absolutely, we can go into Italy, and and yeah, I completely get it that that's better than Sardinia, but this is what you've got. So if you can make it work with that, then great. God. But you're not getting any more. God. Uh, so that's the problem, and of course they do get more, but yeah. but but the Americans then blackmail the British and say, if you don't toe the line and don't agree with Overlord and don't agree with some limitations on these kind of these, these plans for for, for the the Mediterranean, then we're not going to bother with Overlord and we'll just chuck everything to the Pacific. <laughs> Literally, that's what they say. Crikey. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, because if we're going to go Overlord, we're going to do it properly. We're not going to have it kind of twittered away. And and Churchill's going, look, I totally get that, but it's really, really important that, that, that you know, we've got there's vast numbers of Italian divisions in, in, in throughout the Aegean, in the Balkans and in Italy, 
for the Germans to kind of maintain that influence, they're going to have to replace those Italians, and that's going to draw it away from 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 the Eastern Front. It's going to draw it away from from Overlord in a way that going into Corsica or Sardinia is not going to dent them. Well, I think he's he's he's, he's absolutely, absolutely right. right. But in his rhetoric, he's talking about you know this will strengthen the partisans' positions in the Balkans, so we'll keep rearming them. And, and, and the Americans just don't want to know. That is not what they want to hear. And, of yeah. course, you know, it's important that we have influence in the Dodecanese. And, again, the Americans are just going, la, 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 la. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Fish, you know, this fish is Britain fry, going all imperial on us again. And it's the wrong rhetoric at that particular time. What they needed to be saying was, you know, and obviously if we get to Foggio, we can get those airfields and then we can kind of continue to tighten the, the noose of strategic bombing around around Italy. And actually it's Marshall, General Marshall, who says that. And, and General Marshall is eventually persuaded to go into Italy because he thinks it'll be a, a comparatively easy victory. They've got um, ultra-decrypts of Enigma traffic suggesting that Hitler's preparing to abandon Italy to the Pisa-Rimini line, which is well north of Rome. So it suggests that Rome's going to be an easy victory. And so the risks of avalanche seem less than they might have done because we're going to get yeah. the Italians to fight on our side. The Germans are going to retreat anyway. So although they've got more divisions than us in Italy, Just it doesn't really matter because they're going to retreat. And so therefore it's a good, decent punt. It's fascinating, though, the wishful thinking it it, it, yeah, isn't, this, it? isn't it? Because so, because actually, and so when they launch Avalanche, you know, again, everyone sort of do, does does finger pointing at Mark Clark because he decides to go on a without a pre-invasion yeah. bombardment. Yeah, which is considered a, a a really big mistake. Yeah, but let's just let's just if you just pull back from that a minute and go, okay, but when you're doing an amphibious invasion, what you want to get is tactical surprise. What's one way to guarantee you're not going to get tactical surprises going well, with lots of heavies sh- and bombs shelling the, the crap out of everything? Yes, absolutely. And well, particularly and if when you're, you're surrounded by hills. Well, and if you're stretched. So, um, because after all, in D-Day, uh, in, 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 for Overlord, they bomb the whole of the north of France and all over France. So the idea is you can't figure out where the landings are going to happen. Whereas things are, we, we're not yet at that stage of um, total material dominance, are we? So you can't. Oh. You can't well, shell somewhere else um, or bomb somewhere else to, to throw the enemy off scent, can you? So it does seem, it does seem though, however, it does seem, nevertheless, it would have been better to, to um, plaster everywhere with uh, a, a bombardment, surely. I know, I, know, I know tactical surprise is what you're aiming at, and sometimes that does work. After all, in Normandy, it does work where they don't do bombardments and they catch people napping. Well, I just take you back to those notes made by Miles Dempsey about um, on D-Day, as soon as you've got you, you've won yeah. the intelligence war, you hold all the aces because you've got tactical surprise. He said, you know, it's, it's D plus two plus three plus four that's a problem when the cat's out of the bag. You know, so I think there is at least an argument for saying that 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 it was, you know, when you're in the situation that you're in, to arrive by stealth in the early hours of the ninth of. of of September is not a bad call. The problem yes, is the Germans know they're coming. Yes, we have a hundred and fifty mile stretch of sea to cover, as we've as we've said. So, you, in the end, you, in the end, it's obvious that you're coming. I, I suppose. I mean, I suppose the thing is, though, that, that then there's a chaotic Italian sort of transfer. Uh, transfer well, well, it's, it's, it's an absolute disaster because ever yeah. since May 1943, <laughs> the Germans have been planning for, for for the Italians coming out of the war in exactly the same way that the British uh, that the Allies have. Mm. But obviously, looking at it from a completely different thing. So, Operation AXA is Axis is is put in is is kind of lined up in May 1943 at exactly the same time that the Allies are at Trident in Washington having their yeah. strategy conference. So they're thinking of Operation Axis, and AXA Axis is is to flood Italy and the Balkans with German divisions and take over the key things, and 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 then um, it becomes Operation Alaric. Once it becomes clear at the beginning of, of, of August that the you know, the perfidious Italians are about to kind of bug out, and Alaric is specifically the um, um, the Italian bit, and that is to sweep in and disarm the Italians immediately. And and who's going to come out on top on that battle? Is it a highly disciplined, well organised German force, or is it a totally chaotic, absolutely morale spent? 
totally useless army of Italians. Yeah. You know, I know I mean, where I my money think, is. But the thing is, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even think you need to see the attack. You just an army that's quitting. You don't even need them to be disorganized. The advantage is, but they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I because, do. Because I'm always, I'm always nervous of getting sucked too far into the five reverse gears thing with the Italians. You, 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 know, what, you know what I'm saying? If you're, I mean, they're literally withdrawing. It's that thing you can't remain in contact with the enemy if you're withdrawing. It's the, the one yeah. of the great military strategies. The Italians are literally withdrawing, and they're in contact with from the war itself. And they're in contact with the enemy. I mean, it's but, interesting but, though. But Chir- this- yeah, Churchill's right in essence because he's saying it'll divert German effort dealing with all these Italians, and they'll have to divert their effort to prop up the dog. He's right, but that isn't what the Americans want to hear. That, that is what turns out to happen. But it's, but it's again, it's irrelevant. So it, it's even, it's even that thing of even knowing what the Germans might do and even being prescient to it doesn't, in a way, sort of doesn't help, does it? Because you're. Your decision, your decision. You, you've got the, the Americans. Basically, the Americans, the British, pulling in opposite directions. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? But, 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 it, but, but you, you you see you see the Allies in the summer of nineteen forty three getting themselves in a bit of a pickle. Yeah, because suddenly they've got these demands of global shipping. You know, and they haven't got enough shipping to do. They've got vast amounts of shipping, but it's still not enough to do what they want to do because they're required to kind of reinforce the Soviet Union because they're in the Pacific, because they're in Southeast Asia, because they're in the Mediterranean, because they're preparing for Overlord, which has got to be the priority, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Plus vast amounts of shipping just going back and forth across the Atlantic all the time. But they're in this, this situation where they've just had this big victory in Sicily. They've got huge forces in the Mediterranean. It's now August. It's 10 months away until Overlord. What are you going to do? You've got to sit there twiddling your thumbs. You've got to well, do something. And, well, and Sardinia and Corsica are clearly a complete waste of time. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you, and you, you shouldn't be just investing in major operation, amphibious operations just because you're trying to time fill. But this is Phillips's um, uh, um, assertion, though, isn't it? That, that Sicily's, Sicily's a waste of time and shipping. Italy's a waste of time and shipping. The Allied, the Allies get... get properly distracted and bogged in this in this uh in the Italian campaign in all of its in all of its phases. But you can't stop at Sicily. You've created considerable strategic momentum there. Haven't you? you can't having done that, you can't then stay there or no or- and, and so if you're gonna if you're if you so so there is a there is a compelling case for doing something because <laughs> you've got these forces and because it's a long time till May nineteen forty four. And if you're going to do something, you've got to do something that's worthwhile. And the only thing that's worthwhile is invading mainland Italy because <laughs> that's mainland Europe. Yeah. And it will put a huge strain. I mean, Churchill says, even if we fight in the southern part of Italy and we don't achieve any, we make no ground whatsoever, that's a huge help because it's going to be drawing German divisions away from Northwest Europe, from Soviet Union. You know, they're going to have to deal with it because we're there. And, and that means they're going to be drawn into, you know, they're, they're going to have to go into Greece as well, which is going to stretch them even further. And he's got a real point. But Avalanche, which is the kind of, oh, well, the last thing we want to do is sort of slog, slogging all the way up through the toe, is just such a high risk. And the only reason that they're not kicked off, um, off the, you know, absolutely out and out defeated is because of the Navy and because of, the Allied Air Forces operating. The Navy particularly is just blasting and blasting and blasting German positions, and that's what does for the Germans. You know, it's, it's such a force multiplier in modern parlance. And one of the things that's really interesting is that there is this realisation that certainly in the American sector that they've tried to push on too quickly. So they go and take various places, which they're then forced to kind of relinquish and pull back and consolidate around the bridgehead. And the legacy of that comes to haunt them when it comes to Anzio. Because mm. they go on to Anzio and they go, well, the last thing we want to do is kind of push too far inland and then get stuck and have to come back again, like we did at Salerno. So you can see a kind of, you know, it's, it's a real, it's like a double negative in a way. Well, and then, and, then, and then go forward a year and all these arguments about how fast people get off beaches and consolidate and all that sort of stuff. And clearly the lesson learned that, well, if you stay under the naval artillery um, uh, umbrella, you're okay, that things are going to be okay, essentially. And you can uh, you can get the Germans to serve themselves up to trip themselves. Yeah. Um, 
and that 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 those that I mean this is the this is again uh the the problem with leaving the Italian campaign out of out of the sort of continuity of fighting in in the second world war isn't it is that there's so yeah. much to be learned so much of what's happening on d-day is because of sicily is because of salerno is informed by anzio so much of it yeah it's not it's not dieppe that, that's that's um informing what's going yeah, on dieppe's got, dieppe's got absolutely nothing what to do whatsoever well, it's, well, it's got its, it's got its part but it's but it's two years ago it's not yeah. last it's not last summer it's not last autumn no in the way that in the way that it is to June 1944. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just it's just it's just completely fascinating. And you know, the force commander, obviously, of the Grand Force Commander, is is um, is Mark Clark, mm. who is you know untried in battle as a battlefield commander. Brilliant mm. organizer, brilliant planner, brilliant administrator. Absolutely no question about that whatsoever. But he's untested. Dawley, who is a general guard of six corps, which is you know landed, um, you know, Paston. Um, south of Salerno, untried in battle, you know, because the one thing the, they've also learned is that you can't have people involved. You've got other projects to do. And um, it, as they had with Husky, where you've got people still fighting in Tunisia whilst at the same time planning for Sicily. So you've got new guys coming in to kind of oversee this so that they're not kind of over-encumbered, which is a very sensible idea. But it means that, that at the most difficult bit, you've got a lot of inexperience. And that's mm. no one's, you know, that's it's not Mark Clark's fault that he's inexperienced. I mean, you, you know, what can you, what are you supposed to do? But, yeah. but, and actually, I think he does pretty well, really. Um, but, but, it's just incredible at this time where you know the whole point is that there shall be no reversals, there shall be no retreats. You know that we've 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 worked things out now that that we only kind of attack when we've methodically built up overwhelming strength, all the rest of it. Avalanche is the absolute anomaly in that. Yeah. And and it's really touch and go for a bit. It's it's yeah. really really interesting. Yeah, the guy who's the guy who oversees it. Everyone always goes, "Well, it was Kessering inside it." It's von Weitinghoff, who is the tenth army commander. Weitinghoff is a is a Barbarossa. Um, he's part one of the Panzer Group commanders. But are are there not parallels to a year later? Are there not parallel? I mean, I sort of touched on it earlier. Are there not parallels to a year earlier where you've won the first big encounter, which is which is getting into Normandy. Yes. What do we do? What do we do now? We, I don't know. We hadn't planned for that, basically, which is what what happens at the end of Overlord, isn't it? What the hell do we do now? We haven't really figured this out. There's some squat inter allied squabbling as to the rate of rate at which you should do stuff, the effect, political effect it will have, whether you know what you do, what you do next. So you end up doing harebrained things. You end up, do, I mean, and, and not market garden, but Mets. You end up doing things that won't work. Because you don't know, you haven't planned for this situation, but you're also puffed on victory. Because after North Africa and Sicily, why wouldn't you be? And yeah, I, I mean, I'm, and I'm you're calculating on political collapse because yes. because after all, it, it, by August 1944, it's entirely reasonable to think, well, surely the Germans are going to fall in on themselves now. Surely, look yeah, at yeah. what's happening with Bagratine. Look, look, look what we've just done. The, the, the strategic bombing campaign is coming back online now. They're, they're toast. So yeah. it, is it, it must be a kind of similar, a similar mindset. And that thing, you've got to get it over with because of the Pacific. You've got to get this done because the Pacific's next. And the Pacific's also drawing massively on American resources by the, by the same time the following year, by September 1944. The Americans are already beginning to think, right, this is nearly finished. The Pacific's next. And it's that same global context but also the same the same temptations that are being offered you because you've won well and surely it's all about to fall in itself italy's about to t you know italy's about to fall in on itself surely germany is surely about to fall in itself a year later yeah. it's that say you can see that there's surely an echo in the in the way people are arriving at those decisions yeah definitely, definitely. and then that, that, that a year later they haven't learned their lesson from what's gone on from the cluster Clustered fudge in Italy. Surely, surely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be arguing though that I, I think I think that the fact that the Allies win at Avalanche at Salerno, I think, is a really impressive achievement. Right. Because it's normally seen as oh, you know, they're all a bit green, didn't really know what was coming, you know, nearly kicked back into sea. Mark Clark fought about yeah. evacuation, yeah. all this yeah. kind of stuff, all big black mark. I'm going to say absolutely opposite. I think I think they went in under prepped, under resourced, and yeah. they pulled it off. Against the odds, right? 
Uh, and I think, you know, and I think it's that brotherhood of air, land and sea that what does it. Are you saying that the Allies are capable of think, thinking on their feet and they don't require enormous set pieces to win battles, Jim? And I'm saying that. Even, I'm when, saying they're, that. even when they're I'm resource poor, they're tactically effective in the long run and therefore I, I, deliver I think the defenders impact. had all the aces. The defenders had all <laughs> the aces. The, the position at Salerno, which I'm going to go and have a look at uh, in a few weeks' time, um, I basically I've got so I've got exciting six weeks because I basically I've got six weeks of, of research and travel. So I've got a trip to the states coming up. Yeah. Then I've got a trip to Germany to Freiburg, um, and then I'm doing my my trip to Italy, where I'm going to actually fly to Catania yeah. and cross the Straits of Messina and go up the boot and do all that, and then have a look at Salerno, then cross Very over nice. to the Adriatic and do all Termoli and all those companies, Ortona, and then come back to Anzio and Casino. Um, Mel, met some Chelsea pensions ages ago, and one of them was a guy who'd been a commando um, in all that and got captured and then escaped. Um, uh, mm. And he told some he told some absolutely hair raising stories about fighting really? Falshim Jaeger. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're, again, they're... you're not coming up against dud German troops. You know, 29th Panzer Grenadier, pretty good. You know, they're coming up against the 16th Panzer Eastern Front. You know, total veterans. You know, they're, they're pretty darn good. I mean, these are these are not you know, substandard German units. You know, yeah, so there's some there's some good, decent German troops. You know, they're they're not you know, they've gone down to the kind of the two regiment approach rather than the three regiment approach for a for a division. So they're reduced in size in terms of infantry troops and stuff. But you know, they're defending. It's easier to defend than attack. You know, the, the hills around Salerno, the beaches of Salerno. So you have these lovely long beaches, no problem with tides or anything like that, because obviously there's almost no tide in the Mediterranean. Beaches are great, all the rest of it. But overlooking them are hills all the way around. You know, which is just a defender's dream. And then you've also, but you've and you've got slapstick going on as well um, at the same time, haven't you? As yeah. the, to, to Taranto, which I think is also when you look at that, they think, "What the bloody hell are they thinking?" Yeah, well, the, you've got the, all the, these amazing. You've got Baytown, Buttress. Yeah, you know. Yeah, all extraordinary stuff. Plenty to talk about. Then, are you? Do, you're going to do slapstick and and yeah. and, uh, uh, and Taranto? Yeah. Great. Well, of that, course, because it's got Paris. It's got the second airborne coming into. I know, well, and and uh, and Hopkinson being killed going forward. Yeah, um, all that. I mean, why yeah. wouldn't you include all that? It's brilliant. Yeah, well, and it's but it's also, it's it it's it's it is a it's a diversionary attack, but it's no sideshow. Is is the thing in terms of yeah. effort? Because it's yeah. all ships. Like yeah, I mean, well, I'm not. Well, yeah, yeah, it's all shipping. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just, it's just incredible. I, I just, I'm, I'm really, I've just had this kind of. Um, Sort of Damascene moment on on Avalanche. I just I think, crikey, what were they thinking? Yeah, and you shouldn't win that if it's you shouldn't win it, and they do, yeah. which means that yeah. someone's doing something pretty good. Well, what a perfect moment on which to conclude. Um, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And, um, anyway, I just want to say, anyone who wants to come down and watch the cricket, I know it's a Thursday, I know it's week, midweek, I know summer's over, all the rest of it, but mm. you know, if, you, if you're kicking your heels. Come and join us at Chalk Valley Cricket Club. And and I, I expect someone to deliver some sort of running commentary some kind. I can't come because I'm touring resumes uh, 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 tomorrow. I'm off to York um, oh, and then you. we're up to yeah York and Harrogate and Stockton this weekend. Fine. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, we'll have fun with that. Yeah. Anyway, we will see you all very soon. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye. Cheerio.